And hello, everyone. Welcome back to Masil Shalom in English. We are in the middle of chapter 20. And we're discussing when it's appropriate for the chassid to act, you know, in the unique way that he's acting, you know, which is lafneim ishores adin, beyond the call of duty. And we spoke about the three-step criteria. And we started discussing yesterday what would happen if you don't think things through properly, if you don't follow the three-step criteria. <clears throat> and we spoke about Gedalia ben we spoke about Bayashani, <clears throat> um, and uh, we we see from those incidences that obviously they, they, their their intentions were certainly in the right in, you know in the right place, but unfortunately because it wasn't thought through, uh, it was not uh, it, it did not have the uh, the goal intended, and resulted in in terrible terrible things for the Jews. And that's where the Ramchal's, you know, talking talking about the point now. We're saying that sometimes, even though an act appears righteous at first, but if you look at the result or the consequences after thinking it through, you'll realize maybe it will not have the effect that I that I thought it would, and refrain from doing it. And that's where we're up to. He's saying the Torah taught us the Torah taught us very very clearly that, that we have to refrain from doing things. Consider the Torah commanded us. It says, you shall reprove your fellow, meaning you should, you know, check and, you know, put him in his place when he needs to. But it says right after that, okay, yet numerous times a person will attempt to, you know, try to um, reprove sinners in a place or at a time when his words will not be heeded. He's not going to listen. The guy's not going to listen. And if he's not going to listen, you're going to just provoke him even more you know sometimes when you get someone angry you know you tell him to do something and you get even more angry and then he just does it just to spite you just to spite you so he's gonna so as a result of you trying to give him muster and trying to tell him that what he's doing wrong he doesn't respond the right way and uh and uh of course and and do, does it even worse he does even more of virus and it's all because of your fault so then you see that <laughs> that you see that you would have been better for you not to say anything because now that you said something he's doing more sins and that's on you that is on you because you didn't think it through the sages the the sages blessed remember learn from this they teach us that just like it's meant to say something when it will when you will when the person will listen it's also a mitzvah not to say something when you know it will not be listened so let that be a lesson if you know someone's not going to listen to you don't say anything because it'll just make it worse. Another example. It's obviously very appropriate for every person to eagerly run to do a mitzvah. You want to show how much you value it. You run to do it and to endeavor among and to be part of one to engage it. However, sometimes a quarrel can result from the eagerness so that the mitzvah becomes more degraded and the name of heaven gets, gets desecrated through it. So rather than it being glorified by the mitzvah itself, it gets degraded. So in such a case, the chassid is certainly obligated to forego the mitzvah and not pursue it. How many times, sometimes, you know, this mitzvah seems like a great thing, but then if they see this person doing it, he's going to be taken the wrong way, and uh, he's going to be taken the wrong way, and then uh, it will cause a chilul Hashem and not a kiddush Hashem. And as a result of that, you should be refraining from doing it. And so the sage of blessed memory said concerning the Levim, right? And he gives an example of this exact thing. And this is the quotation of the language. Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu command Aaron and his sons to assign each of the children of Gaza a specific task in carrying it? 
And there's everyone in everyone in Shevet Levi was in charge of carrying the um, the Mishkan, the tabernacle. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, when it was going through the desert, everyone had their own task. Now, why they have to assign it? Because he was afraid that everyone's going to all think about it. What was the greatest thing that the Mishkan had? Was the Aron, was the Ark, and everyone would surely want to carry that. And as a result, that everyone fighting to carry, oh, I want to be the one to carry the result, uh, uh, the Ark, I want to be the one carrying the Ark. As, as a result of that, all the other Kalim, all the other utensils in the Mishkan will be left, you know, like uh, un, un, unwanted. Un, no one's going to want to guard it. No one's going to want to guard it. Or I'm sorry, no one's going to want to carry it, and it will it will cause a little bit of you know embarrassment for the for the honor of those kalim. So, in the course of the eager suit, right, they would say, "I want to carry here, I want to carry." And as a result, they would they would conduct themselves frivolously, and then be smitten by the shechina, you know, as in retribution for the disrespect of the saints of the Aaron. To rent this was happening, Hashem instructed Aaron and his sons to assign each of the children of Kahas a specific task. In any event, we see that the eagerness to perform mitzvah without careful assessment of its consequences can result in a grave misdeed. Another example, a person is obligated to preserve all the mitzvahs with all their specifications, regardless of who is present in front of him. You shouldn't be ashamed that anyone's going to ridicule you, because it says very clearly David Melech says, I will speak your testimonies before kings and I will not be ashamed. You should understand that what David Melech was saying is, David Melech was a, was a person of royalty. He was a king. And as a result, he hung out with other royalty, hung out. You know, however, he, whenever he would get together with other royalties who were not Jewish people, you know, all they would do is focus so much on all their wealth on all the things they have in this world that's material. I have the nicest castle, I eat the nicest food, I have the nicest chariots, whatever it is. David Amalek didn't care for those things. And all he would speak about is Kaddish Baruch Hu. He was not ashamed, you know, to, to speak about these things. And similarly, we learned, it says in Kitzur Shulon Aruch, and in Perch, it says in Perkei first, we need to be bold as a leopard to carry out the will of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. However, concerning this noble practice too, one requires discrimination and discernment. We need to think about it. Because when do we have this, when does this rule apply that a person shouldn't be afraid to do the Avodah Hashem, to do the mitzvahs? When did this apply? This applied when, um, when, when is, uh, is, is for something that we were commanded to do, that we were told in the Torah to do. But however, a chassid, a chassid who does additional things Okay, which are not required by the Torah, which sometimes if a person performs in the presence of the masses, they will laugh at him and ridicule him. And thus they'll be rendered sinners and liable to punishment because of him, while he could refrain from performing those acts of piety as they are not absolute obligations. So again, we only supposed to not be worried about being ridiculed when this is what was told by us in the Torah to do. But when uh, we add things and we want to enhance the mitzvah and may not, um, it's not something that's commonly known. You have to be careful because if you do it, people may look at you like you're crazy. Like what on earth is that doing? I mean, sometimes people do silly things and I'm sure their intention is good, but people, you know, forward WhatsApps about them. Oh, look at, you know, it's like, it's funny, you know, um, you know, whatever. I don't want to give examples because, uh, 
you know, but we all have these things that people sometimes do silly, silly things. I'm sure their intentions are good, but they get, um, you know, they get uh, mis they get misrepresented, and people make fun of them. And now, since they're making, since people are making fun of them, they are a result of them directly sinning, because you're you're, you're sinning to the, the, you're causing these people to sin to make fun of you. So when it comes to such matters like this, when you know you're going to be made fun of, it's better to that, or there's a possibility that it'll be made fun of. It's better to abstain from the sin than actually doing it. This too is included that which the scripture states, and walk modestly with your God. Do not call attention to yourself through public display of chasidus, but rather perform them in a modest and concealed fashion. Indeed, many great chasidim refrain from engaging in certain things, okay, among the masses because it would have appeared pretentious. So know that there are many, many things that people wouldn't do um, because uh, they were afraid of what it would do to the masses. The sum of the matter is anything that is an integral part of the performance of the mitzvah, that is integral, it's required that, that, that it's, it, 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 the mitzvah cannot be done without it, then one should perform the act in the face of any mocker and not be worried. But that which is not integral, meaning if done in public, it would provoke you know, cynicism possibly, one should not do it. You need to stay away. And you thus learn from all these examples that one who wishes to conduct himself with true chasidus, he needs to evaluate all the actions in light of the ramifications that will emerge from them and according to the circumstances that attend, that attend them. So the general rule is, okay, you always have to look at the consequences, look at the end result. Where, what will the result be? Will it have a positive effect? Not the initial result, but the end result will it have a positive effect or a negative effect. If the, if the effect is positive, then yes, then you can continue doing it. But if there's any chance that by doing this act, it will cause some sort of strife or sort of, sort of ridicule, you need to abstain. And lastly, the and and and, and these are these are what they're this is what they're supposed to do. The, uh, this is the lastly the incident of Rabbi Tarfin will prove there's, uh, that this is exactly true. Rabbi Tarfin, you know, we're talking about great sages. There was a big machloikas in in Kal between Beshama and Beshila when you say Kriyashma. So it says it Kriyashma Beshachacha Ukemecha when you get up and when you lie down. So some people say that that means that you should say Kriyashma, you know, when you get when, uh, 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 lying down, right? When, at night, when you're lying down in the morning, when you get up, no, and uh, in Beis Hillel went and was more machmer and wanted to, uh, uh, Bisham, I said that, um, was that what was the machlokas? Um, I know that was, so Beis Hillel said, no, you could say, you need to say it while sitting, and Rabbi Tarfin said, you need to say it, uh, and Bisham said, you need to say it while sitting down, while sitting down. And Kleistral Paskin was like Beis Hillel, and therefore, you should not lie down when you say Kriyashma. You should not lie down when you say Kriyashma. So the story goes in Brachas, Rabbi Tarfan was traveling on the road, and he was with his other colleagues, and he stopped what he was doing to lie down to say Kriyashma because he wanted to be more machmer. He wanted to be more stringent on himself. He's a chassid. So the Chacham told him, as a result of this, it would be fitting that you should have gotten harmed on the way because you should not have acted like Beishamah in public. Because if he acts like Beishamai in public, then people think, okay, maybe we actually paskin like Beishamai, which we don't. And the matter was already resolved in Kleistro. It was a big burden. People didn't know who to paskin like. And finally, the Rabbanim came out and said, we paskin like Beishilo. 
you know, in most matters, except for those 18 things, which is discussed in Shabbos, then don't act like, don't, don't do what Beishamai does. Don't act like what Beishamai says in public. Do it in private, because then people will just be misled and say, oh, one second, I thought maybe the matter wasn't resolved. And that's what the Chazal gave him Musr. You see very clearly that it's very important um, that a person needs to um, a person needs to really think about what he's about to do when he's a chassid, if he's going beyond the call of duty, really, really think about the consequence and how it's going to be perceived and what will the end result be at the end of the day. And that's what you need to go on. All right, we finished the chapter and we'll start chapter 21 tomorrow. Have a great day.